0: hello everybody this is bill canauer and you're listening to author to author where we talk about writing and life because what it takes to write the book you want to write people is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead it's true it is true author to author is brought to you by author magazine the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres my conversation with tess Gerritsen. oh yes she of rizzoli and isles is uh and many other books is up there she wrote a she co-authored a book and that was different that was the first time she'd ever done that so we talked about that and about her going from being a doctor an md to being a author it was very interesting You can check it all out at authormagazine.org, and we are funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. As you know, they have a great writers' conference. It's going to be virtual again this year uh, in September, so wherever you are, you can attend. Next year, we're going to do something. We're going to go back to having it be in person, but still going to be virtual and those are a lot of fun. Uh, that went great last year, and this is the first time we've done it, and I think they pulled it off great. So, you know, if you're interested, if you got a book to sell, if you want to learn about the craft, the business, I'm going to be teaching things there. Yes, I am, because, you know, uh, go check it out at pnwa.org. Speaking of teaching, uh, I will be doing – oh, God, tomorrow night. See, I didn't get the link, but tomorrow night I'm teaching, or tomorrow afternoon I'm teaching Fearless Writing through Writer's Digest. It's going to be a live class. Boys, a lot of people signed up, but you can sign up, too. I'll put a link to it on my website uh, if you want. It's tomorrow. I know it's short notice, tomorrow, Wednesday the 9th. But anyway, that's there. But also, this summer, I'll be doing an all-day, everyone-has-what-it-takes workshop for Writer's Digest yearly conference in New York. Well, it won't be in New York. It'll be uh, virtual also. But if you're interested, sign up. It's going to be a great conference. And like I said, I'm going to be doing an all-day conference uh, uh, workshop on Everyone Has What It Takes. And speaking of Everyone Has What It Takes, hey, that book came out last Monday. Everyone Has What It Takes, A Writer's Guide to the End of Self-Doubt. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who came out to the book launch Uh, and all the kind words I've received on that book. Very exciting. It's great. It's out there. It's out there. Go get your copy, people. Uh, Let me know what you think tweet me, text me, write me. I don't care. It's out there. I'm so happy, so glad I got to share that book. (sighs) Today's guest, you guys tuned into a good day, is Mary Dixie Carter. My guest today is the happiest person in America. She may be. It's contagious. Oh, we had a little chat beforehand, and I'm just in a better mood because of it. Mary Dixie, that's her first name. Mary Dixie, that's her first name, graduated from Harvard College with an Honors degree in English literature, and holds an MFA in creative writing from the New School. Her writing has appeared in Time, The Economist, The San Francisco Chronicle, The Chicago Tribune, The Philadelphia Inquirer, The New York Sun, The New York Observer, and other print and online publications. She worked at The Observer for five years, where she served as the publishing director. And in addition to writing, she is also has a background in professional as a professional actor. And yes, she's a novelist, of course. Her debut novel. The photographer is out now, and it's a good one, and she is with us. Mary Dixie, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. I'm so pleased to be here.
0: Well, we're glad to have you on, you little starlet. You, you've got a new book out. (laughs) Everyone's very excited about it. You're kind of floating a little bit. It feels pretty good, right? It's kind of weird, isn't it, too? I just published a book. It came out last last Tuesday and
1: congratulations.
0: Well, thank you. You know, it's such a strange thing because I couldn't do the event where I have signing and all that, you know, which I do like. So you, you kind yeah. of, it's kind of a weird non-event event. If that seems, yeah. well, you know, yes. was that, was it like that for you? Or did you manage to have enough things planned that it felt like something?
1: Well, it was, you know, what I did was virtual. So it yeah. is a different feeling. So it's yeah. not the feeling of like, all your friends and yeah. all your family members all together, and no. let's have some champagne and toast. Yeah. Um, but you know, I did get to have lunch with my editor and my agent on the day of publication, oh. and and that was the first time because of the pandemic. That was the first time right. I had met my editor. Um, yeah, because it, during this whole period this past year, um, we, we only saw each other via Zoom.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so that that's nice because you live in Brooklyn, so you're right there in the hub of everything. I did, I've not yet to meet my, I've spoken to her, but I've not met my new, uh, never met my agent in person. She's on the East Coast, my publisher, everybody's on the East Coast, so I've never even actually met these people. Oh, that must have <laughs> been, nice been nice. You got to sit there fun. and they got to toast you a little bit maybe
1: yes we had some wine and we you know clinked glasses and it was it was very it was terrific to get to do that and you know at some point maybe later this summer i will get a bunch of my friends and family together i hope and we'll all um have a little more champagne maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) well good for you all right so the photographer is your debut novel but Yes. Uh, it sounds like Mary Dixie Carter. You have been uh, interested in writing for a long time. You 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 went to Harvard with the. You said Harvard College. I don't understand. Is there is that somehow separate from Harvard University? Is that is it just a little no, thing a bubble within it? What's the difference? It's just
1: that Harvard Harvard College is undergrad, so it's oh, and oh, Harvard right. University encompasses. A lot, it encompasses Harvard College, but it also encompasses like you know all, right. all the other graduate schools. All right. Listen
0: to me um, listen, listen. I'm going to give you some career advice because you really need it. Here's what you, you're from Harvard University. just do it, just, just own it. It doesn't matter. If you can. <laughs> College It confused me slightly, but you know, just you're Harvard <laughs> University. you and all the other presidents presidential hopefuls in america right
1: come on.
0: <laughs> come on my father went to harvard at one point at one point when he thought he was going to be a minister um all right listen harvard okay so you go to harvard was that and you studied english but were you thinking i'm going to teach i'm going to be impoverished or i'm going to teach english or i'm going to write what was the plan there
1: you know it wasn't there wasn't a Totally clear plan there. Um, I was really interested in acting at the time, and I was acting uh, like even during yeah. the summers I was yeah. um, uh, acting and professionally. And then right afterwards, oh. I continued. So, so uh, I, it was not like I know what I what I'm studying and why I'm studying it. I just knew I loved literature. I loved reading, and I would learn a lot from reading a lot, so so that's what I did.
0: So you read and you were reading and and you were acting and you enjoyed the acting or what did you think of that?
1: You know, I did enjoy the acting, and I I mean I can it, it, I could explain also how I feel like the acting has indirectly benefited my writing as a novelist. Sure. Of course, but. Um, But, yes, I loved acting, and I – oh, I did the um, audio book for this – for for the photographer. And so there my acting experience came into play as well. Um, But I I read a lot of plays, and I did mostly stage, and I – did not, I mean, there wasn't any point at which I said, oh, I hate acting, but I didn't really enjoy the art process. Yeah. Um, and so um, I moved away from acting and towards journalism, and then moved from journalism towards novel writing. So right. that's been the the it's- journey.
0: And so Time and The Economist and Sam, this was you as a journalist, all the pieces you were publishing. Were they like essays or were they more like you know, just sort of investigative pieces? What were Um, were those pieces in general?
1: So I worked at the New York Observer for five years and then um, after I left the Observer, I did this freelancing for these different publications and a lot of what I wrote um, were reviews, like book reviews oh. or arts reviews. Um, oh, okay. And so and really interesting, and I was pleased to get the opportunity to do it. And as you know, like the more you have to write with limited word count and yep. like to a deadline, it forces you to be clear. It forces you to like really get to the point point. Yep, and not yep. – meander around too much. So, I think it was really good for my writing novels too. I mean, yep. my my novel the photographer is sort of short for a novel. I mean, a, slightly mm, on the shorter yeah, side.
0: Yeah, I um, guess so. Yeah.
1: Or, or Anyway, my my I it's it's a little longer than it was in the beginning, but in the beginning it was a little bit short. And uh-huh. I think that um that my background, like reading plays probably played into that, that I write in a lean way is what I'm trying to get at. Like in a sort (laughs) of, um, you know, without it, partly because of the journalism background and then partly because of reading a lot of plays, which are, you know, uh, shorter, a little shorter.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I tell you, I, For years, I wrote a 400-word essay every day, five days a week for my magazine. And I'll tell you, that was a fantastic discipline about, because sometimes I would want to tell little stories, you know, and you have 400 words, 400 words, you got to get that. I was like, okay, what is the bare minimum I can get down so this story makes sense? And it was such a great lesson for me in economy, you know, and it didn't mean it had to be tiny little sentences necessarily, but... What can you get done? And to actually have an, an actual emotional arc within that foreign words, how do you do it? And I learned I could, and it was incredibly helpful in that way. So I can imagine I, journalism. I yeah, I, yeah. I
1: bet. So the, the Economist, most of the pieces that I wrote were like 500 words, maybe 600 oh, okay. words. Yeah. And so it's a similar thing. I mean, similar idea just in that – you, if you want to say a lot, you really don't have extra words to waste, and you need to like, no. make nope. sure every single word is is really fulfilling multiple purposes.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. It's true, <laughs> and and ideally, you know, you you turn your attention to a novel, and yeah, you got more space. But once you start thinking about your right your sentences that way, let's say it's hard to stop doing it and kind of just. Yeah just let any old word into the sentence. I just think it's once you start doing that, I don't know how you, you, you can't, well, you could break out of it, but I, it just feels wrong. It felt wrong to me anyway.
1: Yeah. I totally agree with you. Like, like once, once you've been doing that, then when you see the page with all these extra words there, it's like they're in a highlighter was on. Yes. Them. You're like, yeah. I that. Yeah. I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. So it pops out because you, you were forced to eliminate them, you know, for yeah. however long you were working in that other sphere.
0: Well, so, all right. Now here's my question to you. So you're, you're there you are, you're journalisting away. And uh, now let me, I'm going to ask you a, a somewhat personal question because it's always interesting to me. Uh, were you, 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 you married somebody at some point. Yeah.
1: Yes. And yes, did you I,
0: decide to have children's? I think you did. Did you not?
1: Yes. And now, yes, I have a 10-year-old. Actually, she just turned 11. I keep saying 10. Oh,
0: so, my so, daughter so,
1: just turned 11.
0: So COVID was son... a lot of fun for you. <laughs> <laughs> you were right in the teeth of it. Okay. And so you, and you have a son also?
1: Eight. An eight-year-old oh, son. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, you poor woman. So, okay. Um,
1: the... Oh, my God. Yeah, COVID was...
0: In Brooklyn. Out. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe I shouldn't tell the world, but that's where you are. You're in New York, and yes, there you are. Okay, yes. so you just were. You got. You your family got to know each other even better than you already. Yes. Definitely. Nice? Well,
1: definitely. the only reason
0: I ask is sometimes uh, I've known a bunch of women novelists who were like. In fact, it was true of Tess Gerritsen who I just was mentioning, who she had been this hard-driving MD, you know and but she got pregnant she was like well i got some time i can't sit around doing nothing because i'm a type a you know stanford grad and so she wrote a book and that right. sometimes is the case like that time was that the case for you or they not in any way connected
1: yes it it was the case yeah. it's the nail on the head except it wasn't this book um, uh uh-huh. it was another book that has never been published right so right. but but i did write that novel um, while I was pregnant um, yeah. with my daughter. And um, pretty much, you know, I wrote the, the whole first draft while I was pregnant and then I did right. some revision and then, you know, no one ever bought it, but maybe they will someday someone might, or oh, if not, I can say that it did. I did um, learn quite a bit from writing that first novel. Of course.
0: Oh, but there's so much to learn, you know, I, I mean,
1: because know. Know. You,
0: know, you know how to write. OK, that's great. But then you got to write a novel. And that's a whole nother
1: you know, oh, and funny thing, yeah.
0: Mary Dixie, because I so I wrote fiction for a while. I don't do it anymore. I write creative nonfiction. So I have a book called Everyone Has What it Takes, A Writer's Guide to the End of Self-Doubt. So it's a lot of like essays. And, but that and I had to learn how to do that. You know, I'd written prose and stories for years. But then when I shifted to that, I had to learn how to do that yeah. in, in, independent of writing and the novel there's really nothing to can you for re- writing a novel except maybe reading a lot of them which helps but there's so much yeah. to learn you know it's like what did what did, um, what did uh, Flannery O'Connor said everyone knows what a story is until they try to tell one and I think be, <laughs> right <laughs> and then <laughs> right
1: oh that's fabulous isn't that great oh that's fabulous
0: and that's yeah. the truth. It's, the it's truth. so
1: true. But oh you must have learned goodness.
0: a lot. You must have learned a lot. You must have learned in yeah. just writing that first book that didn't get published.
1: Yeah, I think that I did. I think that I did. So that first book was three alternating points of view. Ooh. And, um, you know, it it, it was – it, I feel like it worked in its way, um, and obviously, I shit for this book it's first person right. and just one point of view. Um, but this, so this the first person I kind of just wanted to get in Delta Dawn's head and stay there, and right. almost you know in a claustrophobic kind of way. Right. Um, but I learned a, I did learn a tremendous amount of, about about writing in general doing that that first novel because I also rewrote that I revised that first novel that was never published yeah. a couple of times sure. it wasn't you know and that, and tried to get it and and I did send it around um, Sure. but yeah. it was a different I was working with a different agent at the time anyway right. um but I, Oh so you it, actually it got, an agent, yeah, you got, got an, agent an agent for
0: it. But you got an agent for it. Well that's not nothing.
1: We sent it around, and then and, and no one did any. No one bought it. Right, People said right. nice things about it. Yeah, that's People nice. said po- very positive things about it. But yeah. no, I I did it. Um, but but there's an endless amount to learn about writing a novel. An endless yeah. amount. Yep. Like yep. I, I mean, and I think the only thing to keep doing is reading and reading and reading and reading oh. to try to. Um, you know, h- help your brain be able to process a lot of different things and then come up with your own story out of that. All right. Let me, let me ask
0: you this, because I was just thinking about this. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's going to sound so obvious, but I want to dig down on that. How does reading help you to learn how to write a novel? I mean, like, like think, how does that really happen? Because you don't want to imitate what they're doing, obviously. I no. mean, I mean I, and I will tell you, like, when I read, when I was 18, I read... Um, the love song of jail for proof rock for the first time. And i have been reading a lot of like fantasy literature and stuff, which was fine, but I could feel my preferences changing and reading just that poem changed the way I wrote like dramatically. Yeah. You could almost see before and after reading that poem. I thought, Oh, Oh, oh wow. and I couldn't even articulate what he had taught me just in that poem about language and philosophy and stuff. So how is it like, yeah. what are you, how is it teaching you without just, you know, being derivative of what you're, you're liking.
1: Well, so, I think a lot of it happens like in an osmosis way, like on a, yeah. a subconscious level. It is, um, uh, so, so there are technical things, obviously, like um, point of view and, right. see, and just noticing how different authors handle point of view and what they right. do to achieve certain results. But I mean, I remember David Mamet when I first read David Mamet, and Uh those that um, his writing style and how strong. Obviously, he's playwright, but um, but how strong those like those sentences were and the rhythm and that. I mean, not I'm not saying that my writing is in any way similar to that, but. It was impossible to forget it once I right. read it. Do you know what I mean? It was yes, with me like, as something that was, yeah? Well,
0: I was going to say, it's then you you start realizing, oh, maybe you hadn't been noticing how much rhythm mattered, and then you notice you like it, and then you start thinking about the sound and the pacing and the yeah. tempo, of, and and you realize, without having to imitate him, like it has an effect. And more to the point, yeah. though, Mary Dixie, I'm sorry, <laughs> Mary Dixie, you 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 were interested in it. See, some people would read him and not be in, inter- but you caught something, and you like, yeah, I want some of that in my own thing. Yeah, is that possible? Yeah,
1: yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I I um I under I, it was like it, that had an af- his writing had an effect on me, and um and a lot of it was the way he handled the language and sort of the rhythm and that. Yeah. Yeah. strong, powerful prose. So um, I, yeah, you're right. Once you hear it, once you read it, you, it's with you. And you may not like a consciously set out to – I don't think I ever consciously set out to write anything similar to him, but I was probably paying attention to rhythm yep. in a different way once, yeah. I, once I read that. Um, and then there are things like – I think when something – hits you, an emotional chord inside you, mm. sometimes it's like you might write something that has nothing to do with the work that hit the emotional chord, but right. it's like it opens up something in you. And I can't even, yeah. I, can, yeah, I don't no, think I, I can quite that articulate sense. that.
0: Well, you know what it's too, I think also what it, what it, it, it the way I'm picturing it like, hitting a physical spot in you, which of course it isn't, but it's almost like, God, this is a, it gets a little erotic maybe, but like, oh, what if we hit that spot? I didn't even know that spot was there. I yeah. want to access that. You, you pointed to that in me and yeah. now it's, and, and I, now I can go find it in myself. Does that,
1: I, yes, that seems, yes. I right? I think that's exactly right. It's yeah. like, um, whether it's memories or um, there's all the different things that are hidden in one's brain that maybe you're not thinking about, you're not accessing on a daily basis um, and things that happened 20 years ago. And when you read a certain piece of literature, it's like, boom, all of that comes to your, you know, the front of your mind and and then, yeah, and then you've accessed it. And then that is the thing that you want to write about next, yeah. perhaps.
0: Yeah, then now it's yours. Now, right. now you make it yours. Now you, they, they I've always, you know, it's interesting because I've always, when I taught I teach a lot of writing and I always say that the author, all we can do is point to the thing in the re- reader. It's like, look, there's unconditional love. There's fear. There's courage. And if they find what you're pointing at, they found it in themselves. And it's theirs then. Although they'll attribute it to you, but you're, because you can't touch it in them. You can't physically put your finger on yeah. <laughs> like where courage is in someone. But, it, but you can only, you know, show, don't tell kind of thing. But then they own it. It's theirs. And so that must yeah. be the same thing that we do as artists when, when, they, when we get something awakened us that we want to, oh, it's very cool. See, I hadn't thought of yeah. all this until I just talked to you. See, this is why I love having this conversation. All right, so now the thing is out, uh, and you know, and congratulations. We were talking about Uh, Mary Dixie Carter wrote is a very good writer, especially for a debut writer. Uh, This book has is very smart, uh, very well observed, and oh, it's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a character who's. We lo- I kind of like her just because she's so smart, but oh, gosh, she's up to no good sometimes. So, um, so it's, it's but it's a really enjoyable to read right from the first page. So, congratulations! I, I feel like you put some work into this, maybe, or maybe it just spilled out of you. I don't know. It feels like the latter, but
1: I put a lot of work into it. Yeah, I
0: did. I put a lot
1: of work into it. It was. It was. A, a book where I followed, I did not plot it out. Um, yeah. So I did not know it where it was going and how it was going to end. And yeah. I followed that, the voice of Delta, which was very much in my head. I just followed that. Um, but it was, yeah, I I did put quite a lot of work into it. And, um, and yeah. And then, and then once I had a, a literary agent and then once, I was working with my literary agent and then my editor, and they also um, helped to make it that much better, too.
0: Ah, uh, all right. So they got, they got in there. Well, that's good. You know, you were, it's nice that you got that editorial support. It's not always the case.
1: Mary yeah. Dixie
0: Carter, sometimes they don't, but they helped you shape it. And I suspect as you go along for your next book and your next book, you'll get better and better at, finding its true shape on your own. I mean, they'll always be there to help you, but we start learning. Yeah. You must have felt like you learned a lot just by working with these two people.
1: Yes. I mean, the, the, the book was, it wasn't far away from what it is oh, okay. now before, oh, but um, but it is just better. Um, is yeah. like all I can say. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just better. Um, yeah. Certain things are filled in that were not filled in and it's just, you know, is, um, uh, improved, definitely yeah. improved, but I agree. Like now that I've done, um, this one time round, I could foresee their comments even, you know, before right. I give it to them. I could yeah. see their comments. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember, um, Elizabeth George, the, um, uh, suspense writer. She's a North, she's a Seattle ish area native. And she was giving a lecture, I would interviewed her. We were at the same conference together, and she was talking about her first book she published. And she said, after that first book, her, her editor sent back 20 pages of single-spaced questions that she had about the book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She oh, said, my gosh. And the next time it was 10 pages, and the next book it was five. She she kept her, it was her determination to get, make that, those editorial notes get smaller and smaller. Can you imagine? 20
1: oh gosh, twenty pages of questions. <laughs> of questions,
0: just oh, all questions. my questions. You know, why is this happening, and what about this? Which is good. That's a good editor. But holy Oh, yeah. my God, oh but
1: that's yeah. That's intense. It
0: that is. is intense. It is. Um, all right. Well, and so it's out there now. And it, it, um, what like what, what do you think? Like, what, what does it mean? Is it real? Is it? what do you think? Oh it, my what,
1: goodness, what it's do you make hard of it? to believe it is hard to believe that it's real. It's like when I go into a bookstore and I see the book in the bookstore, it's like I want to pinch myself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, but I just am so thrilled. I'm so thrilled that it is out in the world. And it's gotten a really good reception. It got a really good review in the New York Times. And, yeah. um, and it also was like recently named by people magazine as a book Ooh. to read one of the books to read this summer
0: ah, and
1: um and it's yes. gotten uh you know uh, other june Indie next list other good things too
0: wow that's awesome hey congratulations that's ah
1: how Thank well you, you know what
0: though it deserves it honestly i gotta say oh, uh, you know I, so I really i really so do so you put your work in it's great uh I, I, are you writing the next one? I hope you're writing the next one.
1: I am writing the next one. Um, it is, is, I don't have enough. I'm not far enough long to tell tell me.
0: Don't tell me anything about it. No, no, you keep it a secret. secret. I'm a firm (laughs) believer in that. You just keep it a secret. I used to blather on about what I was working on. Such a mistake. Keep it a secret, (laughs) you know, and when it comes out, I'm still doing this podcast, I will have you back on and we'll talk about
1: that. Oh, one. thank you. Right? Excellent. Oh, I have to. Excellent.
0: You're such, a, you're such a happy person. I need more happy. Well, I got, I'm, I got a lot of happy people in my life, but the more, the better. And so there's a new one, Mary Dixie Carter. <laughs> all right. So listen, uh, first of all, I'm not quite done with you. So uh, if people want to learn more about you, how should they do that? Where's, what's the best uh, route?
1: MaryDixieCarter.com is my website. And also, I'm on Instagram um, and Twitter, Mary Dixie Carter, both places, and Facebook, too, Mary Dixie Carter. And um, events and things like that uh, should be on my website. Um, And, yes, I would um, love to hear from everyone. You could send me a direct message on Instagram, and, um, yeah, that's the one yeah. good way to get in touch
0: with me. Yeah, listen, people, adults, authors of adult fiction, do not hear from their readers that much. If you wrote young adult, you'd be hearing from them all the time. But we, we writers for adults, not as much, not quite as much. We love to hear from you. We do. Yeah. Unless you're going to say mean things, but maybe even then we're okay with it. But <laughs> we, we, hey, should I? I'm not on Instagram. Should I get
1: on Instagram? I don't know. Should I? You should know, I bother? I, I'm so I have to admit I am not good at social media, but I am really no. trying. I'm All really right. trying. I guess it seems to me that everyone believes it's very important so that you can connect with your readers. Well, and yeah. so I'm I'm, you know, definitely trying to do it but um, but it, it doesn't come naturally to me, me. Yeah, It does not sound... come
0: naturally Alright well I was going to say I do the Twitter and Facebook and I'm fine with it Maybe I don't know maybe I should Alright listen one more question for you Mary Dixie Carter I want you to answer that. I want you to finish this sentence Alright finish this okay. sentence If writing all, all the writing actually you've done In your, your very short life Has uh, taught you anything It's taught you what?
1: Compassion?
0: Ah, oh, good. Good answer, Mary Dixie Carter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I'm not going to say it's the right answer, because there is no right answer, but that's a good one. It's taught you compassion. And, and you can never get enough of that, can you?
1: No, you can't. No. I mean, you, no. when you're writing, you really try your best to understand the character, even the flawed characters, yeah, and understand sure. what, you know, and and feel something for them. So yeah. so, yeah, I'm, you know, working on it all the time, but I think that I have, it has taught me compassion.
0: That is awesome. Well, listen, it's been great talking to you, Mary Dixie. I think that you're a fabulous person and a very good writer, and I hope nothing but Fabulous things follow from this for you.
1: Oh, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me on your show, Bill.
0: You are very welcome. All right, take care and and, and happy writing.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Oh, compassion, people. Yes, for everyone. For everyone. Everyone deserves it. Even the mean people. Yeah, they do, too. They're suffering. So, listen, hey, I'll be back again next week with somebody. I can't remember who. Uh, Kevin McElvoy. That'll be interesting. I don't know anything about him. See? But I will. I will by next week. Until then, hey, you got what it takes, right? Everyone's got what it takes. Yes, they do. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, Mr. RJ. And to all of you out there, go find something you love to do and do it.